You're listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiplex Podcast. Drew here with Josh and Connor as usual. Guys, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. Uh, again, you know, there seems to be a kind of a light at the end of the tunnel here with all this. Looks like some leagues might be coming back a little bit, some other sports, so definitely a, a bright spot. Yeah, it's going pretty well. Uh, finally got my mic sorted out, so hopefully it's not terrible as it, like, as it was last time. Um, double recording as well, because if you didn't know, Right at the very end of the last episode, my computer crashed and we almost lost the recording. So, hoping this goes a little better than that. Yeah, that was pretty terrifying on our end when we finished recording and Connor was talking about his computer crashing. But we got out of it, so it was a good it was a good ending to a pretty stressful episode there. But like usual, we had EMLS on last night. Did you guys get to watch any of it? Did this Canada not get it at all, Connor? Uh, I don't think we do. I haven't put in enough effort to actually check as to whether or not they do get it but i don't think they do but i'll have to actually look and i can't promise i'll remember to do that (laughs) and josh you watched it right how was it for you yeah i i got to catch all of it this week uh made the mistake of not sticking around long enough last week to catch the this would be the quarterfinal game but um it was it was okay. I was I was a little upset. You know, last week we went through our predictions and I decided to uh be the only one to pick New England since we were unanimous and everything else. And uh so I found myself really rooting for Diego Fagundes and the Revs uh virtually only to be disappointed when after dominating, despite dominating, Paul Ariel was able to slip one by and yeah, so I was pretty upset about that, but they got what they deserved in the next round. <laughs> yeah, but like outside of that Revs DC United game, Sporting Kansas City is so good. Like Juan Cusan, the Alexander guy, they won eleven to nothing on both aggregates. It didn't allow a single goal, so that was very impressive watching both Juan Cusan and Alexander. Like as far as MLS players go, Juan Cusan has been the best one I've seen so far. But we've only seen a cu- half of the teams. But so far, I think they're the team to beat. Yeah, I mean, for sure. The, the thing that has stood out to me so far is kind of the strategy behind what these teams do. Because one of the things they've emphasized on the FS1 broadcast is that the EMLS guys and the actual MLS players, they they typically communicate with each other and, and kind of build like a sort of strategy. So far, it seems to be the basic strategy is that the MLS player needs to score as much as possible, get as big of a win as possible to set up his EMLS counterpart to just kind of take care of business in the second leg. And uh, well, the only thing that has really jumped out to me in regards to that is Juan Cusain specifically Sporting Kansas City's MLS player representing the team. He did a great job of controlling the ball in the game. And, you know, you were saying they look really good. They didn't allow a single goal last night across all four legs. And for Kuzain to not give up a goal uh, 
honestly, I was super impressed with their ability to keep the ball in the game and just kind of dominate the game without making any mistakes, not letting the other team score. And they put plenty of goals past in order to safely advance to the final four. So you're right. They look really, really good. I think so far they're definitely the favorites to win this whole thing. Yeah, I have to agree, even though I wasn't able to watch it. It sounds like SKC was really good. And the fact that the SKC pro player uh, has enough faith in um, the SKC young kid. I can't believe I forget. I forgot his name on the spot. Uh, the fact that he has enough trust in him to actually put up a very good performance and score as many goals and not really have to worry about defending as much as he may have in other with other players, I think is huge. Uh, one of the big things in FIFA is that it's really, really easy to just hold the ball and not let anything happen. And the pro player telling Juan Cousin to just go for it, I think is a really good for the content and the tournament, as well as really good for building that relationship and building MLS as an esports organization. Um, and hopefully that grows this week because we got a couple of huge rivalry uh, rivalries in the New York Red Bulls taking on the New York City FC and Houston taking on FC Dallas. Who do you guys ha- have winning those two games? Do you have Dallas taking it or do you have Houston in the first matchup? In the first mass matchup, and like Josh, so we talked a little bit about how we're making our predictions, and Josh talked about how he's making his predictions based on like how the MLS players play, right? I am making predictions on nothing that has to do with soccer, but I am picking Dallas to win. They have Fafa Picot um, as their MLS player, and I9IBSS is their EMLS player, and I'm picking Dallas because of this only reason. Uh... April 23rd, Fafa Picolt tweeted, and I quote, If you put pineapple on your pizza, you're part of the problem. At me. I don't care, but it will never make sense. I despise... <laughs> I'm automatically taking Houston now. <laughs> what? Dude, I despise everything pineapple. I don't understand why people put it on pizza. So I'm with Fafa Picolt on that one. Dallas till I die. I'm picking them in the, for this one. I'm insulted. I'm personally insulted. You should be. Wow. I have no, okay. I have no fight in this pizza game. I, I personally don't like pineapple on pizza. I'm not really a pineapple hater like Drew. I am also going with Houston. But, again, this whole only player thing this week, I, I don't really know, to be honest, much about Pico and Rodriguez's games on the field. So I'm going with age as a factor here, which so far has worked pretty well for me. So I'm going to go with Memo Rodriguez, who's four years younger than Pico. So I'm going to pick Houston to go through that uh, that first matchup. Okay, I am, as I just mentioned, I'm taking Houston. Not for the actual reason that Drew is taking Dallas, because pineapple does belong on pizza, but because I've actually heard well, of Kid Mamito. Uh, I'd saying pineapple belongs on pizza, I think, is a little a little too harsh of a stance i think that's a little too strong i am personally insulted as the country founder of the hawaiian pizza and <laughs> as a fruit lover on pizza but back to soccer i the only player who i've actually heard of in terms of professional esports is the tfc guy who we'll talk about next week because toronto fc finally well, toronto fc and atlanta finally play next week um 
but I've actually heard of Kid Mamito. So the fact that I've actually heard of him probably means that he should be good, is my assumption. Uh, so that's just what I've gone with. I probably might be wrong, but so far I'm batting 100, so cross my fingers. Um, who do you guys have taken the New York City versus New York Red Bulls? Hopefully there's no more pineapple on pizza slander uh, coming up. Well, no, there is. And Canada founding Hawaiian pizza is like the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I didn't know that, but that's a fun fact. I know you guys have poutine, which is the greatest thing in the world, but I didn't know about the Hawaiian pizza thing, but no more pizza talk. Um, for the NYCFC and the Red Bull thing, I am going with NYCFC for two reasons. One, because Sean Johnson is going for NYCFC, and I feel like keepers are really good at FIFA. I don't know why, but I feel like they just don't do a whole lot, so they hang out I don't, and play I don't, FIFA. I don't know. I don't know about that, Drew. I don't know if you... Did you catch uh, Minnesota and Sporting Kansas City last night? Any of it? Minnesota did get killed, so I don't have a lot of evidence backing me up on this one. But well, I'm trusting one of Sean. The funniest, one of the funniest things to happen last night is Tyler Miller, goalkeeper for Minnesota United, he gave up four goals to Juan Cousin in that first leg, and he literally pulled himself out of the game. Oh, man. He, he pulled the keeper. And I'm not talking like... like to just like a like a, a competent backup. I don't really know who the backup keeper was in the game. I didn't catch his name, but I saw his rating and it was in the fifties. So oh, like Jesus. Tyler Miller <laughs> literally took himself out of the video game. So I don't know if the whole keepers thing, if that's the best basis for this, but I understand where you're coming from. And also he's from so me and Josh, Atlanta supporters, he's from Lilburn, Georgia, which I like exactly know where that is, which was cool. And he went to Brookwood High School which I've played baseball at Brookwood, so I'm sticking with the Georgia connection. So I'm picking Sean Johnson. I'm going the other way. I'm going with Aaron Long because I think keepers' hands are so busted <laughs> from past injuries and constantly getting hit with balls. I don't know if their fingers and thumbs will be as nimble. So for that reason, I'm going with Aaron Long. Why? I don't know. I don't really know anything about either of these guys. Like I know they're both good soccer players but FIFA players no idea and they're both big names so I feel like this is a 50 50 uh whereas with other games like the SKC game you could sort of figure out okay Juan Cousin sort of knows what he's doing odds are he'll win this one I think is much more of a toss-up who do you have Josh I am also gonna go with NYCFC um against probably better judgment because like i said tyler miller was just pitiful last night and i think you might bring up a good point with the whole mangled fingers not working so great i don't know part of my conscience i just can't pick red bulls to win anything so i'm hoping that nyfc is gonna win and for some reason i think sean johnson just has a little bit of an advantage i don't know just kind of a gut feeling but uh we also have to make another pick because, unfortunately, uh, we didn't realize this, but they've been playing uh, three matchups a night, essentially. They have the, the first two matchups, and then they have the quarterfinal matchup. See who goes on. So we missed it last week, but LAFC did advance to the Final Four last night. We sort of mentioned it briefly, but Sporting KC, they advance. So LAFC and Sporting KC will face off. If I'm not mistaken, this final four happens in week five and they'll do the final four and then they'll do the final game. 
to see who's champion. And so with that being said, I've got, just as a refresher, I've got NYFC, sorry, NYCFC going through to play Houston. And again, I'm going to kind of stick with the age thing. Memo's the youngest. So I'm going to pick Houston to advance to the final four. Uh, what do you got, Drew? Um, yeah, so, yeah, like a refresher, I have NYCFC going through, and I have Dallas going through. So I have Fafa Picot against Sean Johnson when they respected EMLS players. And I got Sean Johnson going through. Um, I, I agree with Fafa's pizza take. I, it doesn't belong on there. Pineapple, get out of here. But I think Sean, I think Sean's going through. God, just this insult and slander continues from you. Man. <laughs> All right, as a reminder, I have Aaron Wong and the New York Red Bulls going through, and I have Memo Rodriguez going through. And I'm going to take Memo Rodriguez, so uh, Houston, to continue on to the semis, only because of Herta Kid Mamito and no other reason. Um, yeah, there's not really a good justification for it. Uh, he's also got a great name, Memo, Mimo. Just amazing. Um but yeah, is there anything else you guys want to add to the EMLS debate, discussion, predictions, other than the fact that Josh being incredibly pissed off from your picks last week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is one thing I wanted to so- sort of uh, circle back to. You mentioned how Alexander, the EMLS player for SKC, was letting Kuzain kind of just take the reins. And I thought that was actually a really interesting point, especially from a guy who hasn't gotten to see any of it, because there have only been two nil-nil finishes in any of the legs so far. And one of them was last night. It was between uh, King, CJ, and JKO, who are the EMLS players for New England and DC. So they finished nil-nil. And then the week before, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Chicago and Cincinnati's um, EMLS guys, uh, BITW and Fiddle, they also finished nil-nil. So, so far, the quote-unquote boring games so far have actually come from the EMLS guys. So, I think that's something to look at. Uh, again, Kuzain seems to have a lot of talent when it comes to playing FIFA. So, that's a really, really big advantage so far. Uh, and even on the broadcast last night, they mentioned um, Dama Diamande, LAFC uh, LFC's player representative. He also apparently played really well. I'm guessing he had a really big performance against Chicago in the quarterfinal. Again, we missed it, unfortunately. But they were saying he was really good and that Kuzain could really give him a run for his money. So I think what we're going to see is the guys that advance, it's all going to come down to how well the actual MLS guys do. Yeah, I think there's a much smaller skill gap between the pro players and a much bigger skill gap between the real MLS players uh, because that's just sort of the way FIFA is designed. I don't know if you guys play a lot, but I'm pretty terrible at the game. And the skill gap between someone who's my level and someone who's just a little bit better than me is huge. Whereas when you compare the guys who are like the top 100, or in this case, the top players really in North America, there isn't that much of a skill gap and it comes more down to tactics and how you want to play the game. And FIFA right now is designed so that you're able to go all out defense, one depth, drop back, and nobody can score. So all a pro really has to do is that, and the other pro player just isn't going to score. Whereas the actual MLS player who doesn't really necessarily know what he's doing, if he tries to do that, he might get just picked apart a little bit easier than the pro. And 
I think it's more entertaining because it's worse quality, which it's weird to say because that's sort of what MLS is and a whole in the actual soccer sphere. But yeah, it's sort of, I guess the way we can sort of branch off from this, because I think you guys both are done is what we want to talk about today is Liga MX and MLS. So as has been rumored for years and has really been talked about in terms of will it happen? What's the road there to it potentially happening is the potential for Liga MX and MLS to merge. And with Liga MX making the announcement due to COVID-19 that they will not be having their relegation and promotion system for the next, I believe it's three years. Um, it's opened that discussion, opened up that discussion again, and it's created a conversation. I think we should get into because it is something that we've deb- like has been debated very heavily. It's something that I believe in pretty strongly. I'm not really sure where you guys stand on it because we sort of tried to keep each other in, de- in the dark so that it would be a, a good discussion and a good debate. So I guess we'll start with you, Drew, because I don't know. I figured just start with you. Um, where do you stand on Liga MX and MLS merging? And do you think it should happen? Um, well, I am on the other side of that with Connor's take. I don't think it should happen. Um, I think when you think about it, there's obviously some positives and negatives, like with every situation. And it's really interesting that I think specifically with the 2026 World Cup uh, coming up quicker than we, quicker every day, um, that this whole idea of North America being united as one has really gotten to the forefront. Um, and then you have like all these competitions that are kind of hinting towards that, whether it's in a competition sphere or in a unity sphere, bringing the two leagues together. So I don't think it should happen. I think there's just a lot of questions that we really don't, it'd be very complicated to figure out what the structure would be like if you have this super league of like, I think I saw one proposal of like 50 teams, which I can't even imagine what 50 teams would be like in any league. Like MLS fans complain that like 30 is a lot. So just branching that out to 50 seems crazy to me, but it definitely has its positives. I think there would be a lot more money flowing in. I mean, you got the possibility of like a Houston Dynamo in a Monterey series. Like maybe there's a rivalry there and you got people going to Mexico, making that away trip and the people from Mexico coming to the States. Um, a lot of money being re- generated into both leagues. So that would be a very interesting league. It would be unlike anything, I think, just because of how big it would be and this like kind of cross-country rivalries that could emerge. And it would make for a pretty incredible atmosphere. Um, I've never been to a Mexican league game. Um, I imagine they're pretty crazy. I've seen some pictures of stadiums, and they look pretty awesome. So it would definitely be something that we've never seen before but i think when it boils down to if it should happen there's just too many questions arise for me to be on board with it but that's just me what's your take on the two leagues merging josh so i have sort of have a a similar opinion to you drew um i i don't want it to happen i really don't um and that's it's not like a i can't really say that it's a logical opinion it's really just kind of how i feel about it um you were mentioning some people already think that there's too many MLS teams. Some fans feel that way. I am one of those fans. I do not like that there are so many teams. I don't like that there are specific conferences. Uh, If I had it my way, we'd be on the European model with 20 teams in a top flight, uh, home and away, 
and there would be promotion and relegation. Yes, I am for promotion and relegation. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I do wish that was the case. Now, I understand that will never, ever happen. It's just impossible with the way the league has been sold to the owners and how that, that works, being a, a single entity league and all that. But anyway, so I, I wish the league would get smaller. That being said, I feel like because the idea has been publicized a lot more over the last few months and there have been more rumors coming out about it and you see all these signs pointing towards it happening, like you mentioned, Drew, with all the, the tournaments, Leagues Cup and Campionis Cup, I, I think that you know we've got to accept that it's going to happen. And I think the, the idea of combining things ahead of the 2026 World Cup is an interesting one. Um, my biggest issue with this, though, from and this one is actually logical, is I don't understand how the logistics of the league will work. I don't understand how you know Vancouver will be able to comfortably travel all the way down to Mexico, you know, however many times in a season, and vice versa. Um, but that's if they decide to set up the league that way. I know there's been talk of sort of an MLB-style um, layout where, you know, the way it used to be was there was National League and American League, and the teams would only meet across leagues in the World Series. And then they started doing the interleague stuff during a season, and that's become more prevalent over the last couple of years. Uh, so, but besides that, the travel, I, I just don't see how that would work. And then I don't see the point of doing the whole interleague thing because we already sort of have that with Campionis Cup and with Leagues Cup. If I had it my way, uh, they'd make Leagues Cup a bigger thing and sort of turn it into a Europa League, which is already kind of what it is. Uh, and you keep CCL, um, and you keep Campionis Cup as sort of like a Super Cup. And then you might even be able to extend that for whoever wins Leagues Cup, whoever wins CCL, and then it turns into an actual Super Cup, kind of like you see with Europa League and Champions League in uh, Europe. But that's my take. Um Connor, what do you think about the logistics of the league? Do you even think the players would agree to that? The teams would agree to that? What do you think about that? Well, my whole setup in terms of this is I think that an MLB style would be very beneficial. Um, I think that if you do this, you could potentially just get rid of Pro-Rel in Mexico and have that be two conferences and then have MLS have two conferences in the East and the West and then they just meet in the final. I think it would create a lot more atmosphere. It would bring in a lot more money, uh, which I think would be huge. It would just add to the fan base of both leagues, which is essential for MLS right now as they continue to grow and as they prepare for the 2026 World Cup because I don't think people quite realize how big it's, that's going to be in North America. One of my hot takes, which I'm sure we'll get in in a later episode, is that MLS will be one of the biggest leagues on the planet by like 2030, um, which I guess is controversial. It probably won't happen just based on Don Garber, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think back to the whole merger thing, I just think it makes a lot of sense because right now you have two competing entities and it's not really beneficial for either league. It's not necessarily benefiting MLS to be competing against uh, Liga MX, and it's not helping Liga MX compete with MLS because MLS is just frankly taking away their American fans. And if you get rid of that competition, you get rid of that quality a little bit, but you just compile all that money into one space, and you compile all that talent into one space. 
which would be huge in MLS. It would be really, really important to MLS and Mexico's development in terms of the development league, which I know is another thing that's been thrown out recently is how does that uh, line up? The fact that the US SDA has now folded. And I just, I think it makes a lot of sense because I don't necessarily believe that it would hurt. I don't think the logistics would be that difficult. Like when you look at Vancouver to Mexico, that's just a little bit further than flying to LA. And they already traveled to Toronto and Montreal, which is a five-hour flight on its own. So to say that the logistics and the fly time would be too difficult, I think isn't a valid, I don't know if it's a, maybe valid argument isn't the proper term, but it isn't a valid argument because again, you've already got teams that are flying coast to coast and they're used to it. Like Toronto flew to, I think it was Panama for Champions League and they got killed, but again, it's doable. It's not like it's impossible. And I feel like if you're able to combine that history of Mexico and that Mexican soccer culture and that fan base, I think it's just so important and would be so huge to development of soccer in North America. I think it just makes too much sense. And I don't think the logistics necessarily play into the threat of maybe not having the greatest quality because MLS is already starting to poach Mexican talent. Uh, You look at who MLS have brought in recently and some of the best players in Mexico have come to MLS. And I think that trend is going to continue as the billionaire owners and more money pours in MLS and the league continues to grow. And League MX will be eventually be a bit of an outcast and fall behind, which could already happen, which has been rumored with the now pro-rel suspension. And I just don't see how it's a negative combining the two leagues when it really isn't changing much except for the final in my ideal setup. And that ideal setup, does it work? Maybe. We don't know. We'd have to try it out. But I think it's a worthy risk to take when you've already tried it with Campione's Cup and League's Cup. And even though those tournaments and game is a bit of a joke, it's still good to have the two leagues compete. And in Champions League, that fire and that passion is always there. And I don't know. Like it's it just to me, it's like extending Champions League for an entire season. What do you guys think about the potential of the competition? Do you think that the logistics are too much of a risk factor, or do you think that they should continue on with that whole just we don't care? MLS teams already fly commercial. Who gives a crap? Well, yeah, that's the biggest X factor that I think. That's kind of where I was coming from. Is MLS teams the league really? doesn't take travel seriously yet every big european foreign player that comes over you know whoever it is from outside the states outside north america they come in and one of their biggest complaints is having to travel and fly commercial and you mentioned vancouver flying down to panama for ccl right well those clubs are allowed to take charter flights for ccl and it not count against their charter flight allotment so Either MLS has to step up and say everyone's going to charter flights from now on, or I don't see how that part of it can be resolved. Now, going past that, you're talking about the whole MLB setup where they only meet for the World Series or for the final. 
I think that either these two leagues need to go all in on this and play each other consistently throughout the season, or just not even bother, because essentially that's what Campeones Cup is. It's the MLS Cup winner versus the Liga MX Campeón de Campeones. So we technically already have that in place, and I think it's a little naive for you to say that we've already tried League Cup and we've already tried Campeones Cup because there have only been two Campeones Cup games. There's only been one League's Cup. The first Campeones Cup between Toronto and was it Tigres? Well, I guess we can ask you, what was that perceived like in town when Toronto hosted Tigres? Was, were fans taking it seriously? Did anybody care? I know the season was a little rough for Toronto at that point, but what, what was it like on the ground in the city? No, it was a joke. Like, that's the biggest thing I think is the issue with Campione's Cup and with uh, League's Cup is nobody takes it seriously because there's no reason to win it. It's not like you create bragging rights over a rival or over another section of fans that you interact with on a regular basis. If you combine and do the MLB system, it creates that rivalry and it creates that relationship between uh, Canadian and American fans and Mexican fans, which doesn't really exist right now. And I think that just those two tournaments aren't enough to base off the fact that one game, it doesn't necessarily have to be a game. Like they could do a three game series. So the reason why I ask, and I'm really glad you gave the answer you gave, is because the feeling in Atlanta, I think, was completely different from in Toronto when Club America visited. Drew, what did, I mean, you're, you know, you're in the city. How would you say Atlanta fans handled Campionas Cup? Do you think they cared at all? Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it was a totally opposite feel because there's this growing idea, and I think it's right that MLS is very much uh, catching up to Liga MX, and that was kind of for Atlanta having this idea of like we're a super club in MLS. It was finally a shot to prove that and have another chance to be a Mexican league, a Mexican league team, and a team like Club America. I mean, that's a pretty big club for North America, right? So having the chance to beat them at home, and I really think that because Toronto lost the first one, there was kind of that added motivation to become the first MLS team to do it. Now that's obviously gone, so teams won't have that feeling. But specifically with Club America, and Connor, you mentioned like this whole rivalry idea. I don't know about you, Josh, but I very much feel a rivalry with Club America right now because of the Campeones Cup thing, and we only got one leg of CCL in, but we saw them again in CCL. So I think in this setup with the CCL coming in and then potentially playing those teams again in Campeones Cup is creating that rivalry already. So I don't know if I think that having these teams meet like a MLB like interleague type thing, I think it would create rivalries, but I think that the current setup is already doing that. Yeah, and so another big part of this as well is the circumstances sorry, surrounding each game were completely different. Um, Connor, you'll have to confirm this on Toronto's end and even Tigres's end, but for the Club America Atlanta game, there was minimal squad rotation. I think Atlanta might have rotated in two players, three players maybe, um, and Club America sent a strong starting 11 to Atlanta. So you could tell that Club America cared about it and Atlanta United cared about it, and that helped make the game mean something. Although, yes, on paper, it really means nothing. That being said, the press, the Mexican press, ripped apart Club America for losing to Atlanta United. It was an embarrassment. And I think 
while it may have been different in Toronto, at least for the Atlanta America game, they fielded strong starting 11s. You could tell the players wanted it. And I think because of that and because the MLS team won, it really made the game feel like it meant something. Did Toronto, if I remember correctly, Toronto rotated their lineup and I don't know, Connor, did T. Garris also rotate their lineup for that game? Uh, I don't remember exactly what the lineup was, but that season was just brutal for Toronto because they were so decimated by injuries from Champions League, where they'd already beaten Club America, they'd beaten Tigres. They'd basically stated that they were the best team in North America because their last game in Champions League, they had one full-time defender uh, playing in his regular position. That was it. Other than that, they had Michael Bradley and Gregory Vanderweel, if you remember him, playing Oof. at center back. Um, so, again, we took it as a bit of a joke. I think that if you do combine the leagues, I think it just creates that atmosphere. Like, Campione's Cup and um, League's Cup, they just happen in the middle of MLS season. So there's no real reason to get hype for it, in my opinion. If you have a final where it's a definitive... You are the champion of North America. It doesn't necessarily be have, have to be that these two leagues are either actually combining. It's just create an actual tournament where it's the best teams from each league where they compete. And right now, I'm afraid to say it, but Champions League isn't in that. It just isn't. You had Toronto FC go to the final last year in MLS, and they didn't even play in Champions League. Like... It's not best against best. It's some of the American squads and one Canadian squad who's usually Toronto FC or Montreal because they're pretty good. That's it. It's not... We have the two LA teams, Inter-Miami, Toronto FC, and, I don't know, New York City FC or New York Red Bulls or Atlanta United, whoever is a crazy good squad that year who actually challenged League MX. Because with the way that tournament's designed and with the way Champions League is set up, it's never been that. And I think if you combine the two leagues, you do a mini merger, you have this agreement where you play at the same time, which has just doesn't happen right now. I think you create something there that's just so emotional, that's so impactful for the fans, it's so high energy, so just so much uh, energy. Uh, is I think it's just too big not to capitalize on and I think it's something that we take for granted right now I think Atlanta took it for granted because they did win and I think that the rest of MLS they want their shot at it they don't want it just to be the champion of MLS to take on the championship champion of League MX because it isn't always that that team stays good Toronto FC was a champion of MLS but they sucked in 2018 and to say that it was best against best I don't think that's an accurate statement and that's what I really want is I want it to be best against best and right now we don't have that what do you guys say to actually having a best against best tournament as opposed to a full merger even though it's sort of a merger with an asterisk my biggest issue with what you're saying is when we talk best against best that's literally what CONCACAF Champions League is now you can say that it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because you know, Toronto didn't make it, or it's not always the best teams, but those are because of tons of other different factors. The fact that Toronto didn't get in is because for some reason, the only Canadian 
allotment into the tournament is to win the Canadian championship. And obviously, unfortunately, you know, Toronto failed to win it for the first time in what, however many years. It was at least three, if not more than that. So, yeah, while they did finish runner-up technically in MLS Cup playoffs, which I think Toronto is kind of fluky to get there, but that's a discussion for another day. You know, yeah, they finished second in the playoffs, but they didn't win in Canadian Cup, in Canadian Championship, and that was their spot to get into the tournament. So I think that, you know, you keep talking about best of the best, and that is that is literally what CONCACAF Champions League is. It's the best teams, and if you have an issue with how teams get in, then that's a CONCACAF issue. That's not a tournament issue because the tournament itself is supposed to be the best teams, best clubs from all over the continent. Now, if we merge League MX and MLS, you are squashing the 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 Matagwas, you're squashing the Aridianos, you're squashing the um Suprisas. All these other, you know, Central American Caribbean teams where CCL is their only chance to play in these continental tournaments, which is why I'm saying I think Leagues Cup should eventually expand and to be a sort of Europa League deal where you can get more continental competition, uh, competition and to include Central America and all the Caribbean countries. And of course, none of the MLS teams took Leagues Cup seriously last year because it was spawned on them in the middle of the season. I think if it's something that you can prepare for ahead of time, which is what we were supposed to get this year, you might see things happen a little differently. You might see some teams... Um, attempt to be more competitive against the League MX teams instead of rotating out their squads like crazy like they did last year because the tournament was literally done at the last second. So this whole best of the best idea, I, I think it's already in place. I think that system itself is is broken in many ways. The biggest problem is that there's not enough prize money. There's not enough incentive for these teams to go out and win CCL and obviously, the timing of the tournament is horrendous for MLS teams because they're just coming off preseason. They can't really compete. So, and and that's another thing. The schedules mostly line up. Um, uh, Liga MX just happens to start their actual season a few weeks before MLS starts their season. So by the time CCL rolls around, the Liga MX teams are already in form. But for the most part, both leagues play at the same time. So... That's not a, a huge issue right now. It is a slight issue, but it's not the biggest thing. I think if their calendars aligned a little bit more, and I think if CCL was in a better spot during the season, the, the, the tournament itself would be better. The competition would be better. But the timing of things is bad right now. There's not enough prize money involved. So I think the system of how you get into CCL and those tournament logistics are bad, and that's what's holding the tournament back. But I think the... The principle of the tournament, that is the definition of the best of the best in the continent playing against each other. And I'm worried that Liga MX and MLS making their own best of the best league is taking away from the opportunities that are presented to the entire continent. So that's my issue with that. True. do you have anything to add yeah, before I, think, I go again? <laughs> I think what, if I'm hearing Josh correctly, it seems like the complaint is that the idea behind ccl is very good it's like like josh said it's the idea behind the best teams competing against the best teams but like you mentioned i mean toronto making that run of the cup final and not getting it that's like this weird anomaly that such a good team didn't make it so maybe i think 
situ- the the answer to this, like Josh is mentioning, is not so much changing emerging leagues, but maybe changing the way teams get into CCL. And in MLS, there's really not another league we can compare our process to, right? I mean, you have in Europe, the top four go, but we have this whole playoff idea, right? So we don't just purely go by the shield standings, which by the way, if we did this, the shield would be thrown out the window. That would just be worthless. But I think the answer is not merging the leagues, but I think it's changing the setup in situations where like the second best team or the runner up for MLS cup, it does get a berth to go um, instead of just having that one. And for Canadian teams, just having that one shot where it's just the Canadian championship. Um, but I do think it's more of not merging the leagues, but just changing the way these teams compete against one another and how they get to that competition. Because Josh made a really good point about these Central American teams that this league would pretty much be throwing them in the dirt, like Herediano and all those clubs. So I think it's more of changing the process of what we already have and tweaking what we're currently working with rather than merging the leagues. I think that that's where I ran into an issue because I have zero faith in CONCACAF. It's non-existent at this point. With the way they set up the hex and the way that the qualifying is for Champions League, I just have no faith in it, which is why I want MLS and Liga MX to do their own thing, to do something where it means probably maybe not as less, like it may not have to be as big a deal, like it may be just moving the league's cup to the end of the season. It may be as simple as that. But it's something where it can create a serious relationship between Mexico and the U.S. and Canada. Because if we're being quite honest, no other team in Champions League really stands a chance against the big boys in MLS and Liga MX. The last time one of them won was when? It's been years. It's always been Liga MX. It's always been them who've taken the championship. And only recently since Toronto FC have... They're seriously being actual contenders to lift that trophy. And with the way that tournament's set up, with their unwillingness to move it, with their unwillingness to change the qualifying format, with just the frank uselessness of CONCACAF, I don't think you can rely on that to necessarily create a best of the best tournament. And that's where I think MLS and Liga MX should come in. I think that they should institute something where there's more of a relationship between the two leagues because they're trying to work together on this. They're not trying to compete. It's not like Europe where they're vying for, like, it's your country, that's it. It's North America as a whole consumes the same products, relatively. And I think that if you do that and you create a, you capitalize on that and you show leagues that, look, ProRail maybe you don't need to do it. We're making a lot more money doing it this way. And League MX are probably going to realize that in the next couple of years. And if ProRail comes back there or just doesn't come back there, I wouldn't be shocked. It's, But back to my initial point is, I don't think it's the fact that Champions League means nothing. I think it means a lot. It meant the world to me when Toronto West lost on penalties. I was heartbroken. Like, Again, Justin Morrow and Michael Bradley missing penalties. It's what happens. But it's something that created that emotion at the beginning of the season that 
gets you really hyped into what's going to happen for the rest of the year. And I think that it's very useful there. But I don't think it's necessarily a good idea of understanding just how good talent is and how good these two uh, leagues line up. Similarly, Leagues Cup and uh, Campiones Cup, one of the games is just a one-off game. It's the middle of the season. It's one game. Like it's, it depends so much on your schedule, your fitness, just how well you've been playing. It depends on the fact that that team that won MLS Cup actually did really well and have continued to do well, which again, I'm going to go back to TFC because I'm someone who follows TFC very closely. That didn't necessarily happen, and it showed the flaw in that tournament on the very first year. Campion- or, um, League's Cup, I think there is something there. I think that if it's done properly, it could be very successful, but as of now, that hasn't happened, and look, it's could very well be successful. I just don't see a negative in saying we're merging the two leagues, quote-unquote, and doing this tournament at the end of the year where you still reward an MLS Cup, you still reward a Liga MX trophy. I can't remember the name of that trophy. But then you have this one thing at the very end of the year which both supporters can look forward to to really see where the two leagues stand up at the end of the year. And that's where I stand. I don't think that combining these two leagues, creating a merger, would be a negative towards either league. I don't think it would be a logistical issue if you do it like that at the end of the year, where you match up, uh, you do a 1-5, you take the top five leagues or top six leagues in MLS, and you have them play the top five or six leagues in League MX and just do a playoff. Will that work with scheduling? No, but you have to adjust that. And I think MLS is going to have to do that either way with the introduction of new teams and with the continued growth of the league. They're going to start to have to realize that everybody playing each other twice, either you're going to have to do that or you're going to only be able to play each team once a year. And right now, it remains to be seen what they'll do. It's already a lot of games with the with the breaks, international breaks are set up. And I think if you just limit it to four conferences where you have the Liga MX2, Liga MX, MLS East, MLS West, and you do a playoff at the, at the end of the year, I don't see a negative in doing that. And I think it could be very, very successful for both leagues and for the fan bases. It would create a lot of buzz. It would create a lot of, a lot of attention. It would force a lot of Liga MX fans to actually pay attention to MLS and treat it like something that's their equal as opposed to something that's lesser than them. When in reality, League MX fans, I hate to break it to you, MLS is right up there with you. And it's not long before an MLS team wins Champions League, and I think this year could have been the year for it to happen. It's just, it's something that I don't see a negative in happening, and I don't see a reason as to why you couldn't just limit the schedule, which you're already going to have to do eventually, and throw in a couple and then a few extra games in that little playoff break you would have had in October, November where you get to play in uh, Mexico, in weather that's probably a little bit better than Canada's. So, Connor, do you think, like, there's obviously all these competitions between the two leagues, like we mentioned Campeones Cup and Leagues Cup, do you think if, and they're both really young, so it's really hard to make a definitive statement on how the two uh, competitions are viewed, because like we talked about, Atlanta and Toronto seem to have pretty different perceptions. But do you think if the Campiones Cup was taken more seriously across the board, which, like we talked about in Atlanta, it was taken pretty seriously, and maybe that's a sign of 
as this competition gets older, it becomes more prestigious and teams want to win that. If Campione's Cup continues to develop <clears throat> and teams wanting that, do you think that would help the whole best of the best idea that you're talking about? I think it definitely would. I just worry about the timing. You can't do a tournament in the middle of July and August and expect teams to value it more than regular season play. Ultimately, you're going to do what you're going to value more is you're going to value your own league more than you're going to value a tournament which doesn't really necessarily benefit you that much as much as it may winning MLS Cup because you sell instead of two more games, you're able to sell an entire playoffs. Whereas if you go really hard and uh, League's Cup, and you fall out of it, well, there goes five games of playoffs that you've now lost the revenue of. And I just think if you throw it at the end of the year, maybe it's a little more beneficial. Maybe it's a little extension at the end of the season. I like that idea. I think that would make a lot of sense. I think that would work really well. I just don't know if it would work scheduling-wise. And the issue I always run into is, again, League's Cup is cool and all and Campione's Cup is great but there's no meaning behind it and you have to develop meaning and the way you could do that is just throwing as much talent and as much quality onto the field as possible and not only does that show your fans how big of a franchise you are it shows the rest of the world how big you are it shows the rest of the world that there's actual talent in MLS that Liga MX and MLS are becoming world players, that they can play great soccer, that they're the kind of leagues that you may actually want to consider going to in your prime. You may want to be Josie Altador. You may want to be Joseph Martinez. You may want to be Carlos Vela. You may want to come to MLS and actually enjoy your time in a place that's frankly really good to live, especially Canada, and somewhere where you can enjoy the lifestyle. Victor Vasquez last week has said he doesn't he hates playing a guitar and he wants to come back to Toronto. If you can create that potential for you to bring in world-class ta- talent like you have been with older players and actually bring in guys in their prime, I think it's great for both leagues and I think that it just creates so much of a dynamic and so much of an atmosphere and so much more emotion behind the two leagues and so much exposure, I just don't see a negative in doing it. Now, a lot of things you're saying about getting players in the prime and trying to, you know, get eyes in this part of the world for soccer. I I think MLS is starting to do a really good job of that. Um, part of that has to do, I think, with the transfer market. MLS is certainly becoming more of a global player when it comes to that. And I think MLS is starting to surpass League MX when it comes to this this continent's place in the world. You know, I will admit I don't follow League MX that much, but the only outside player, the biggest name that I know that joined League MX in the last year was uh, Victor Jensen from Tottenham. And I believe he's from one of the European countries. I can't remember for sure. And he joined Monterey. Netherlands, but, I think? Yeah, it's it's one it's somewhere in there in, in, in Western Europe. But, you know, that's the only big name that I know coming from Europe, Asia, what have you, coming into League MX. Whereas with MLS, I mean, yes, you're getting some of the aging European stars, but 
the league is figuring out how to get players in their prime from South America. And the more involved they get in pulling talent from there, selling talent, the more involved they will get, I think, in with pulling players from Europe, from some of the bigger leagues that are in their prime. Um, you know, a good example of this is Victor Wanyama from, again, he's from Spurs, but for him to go to Montreal, I think, is a big deal in and of itself. Yes, he had lots of injury issues, but, and, and yes, part of it is that Thierry Henry is the manager. I think that's a big reason probably why he decided to join Montreal. But that being said, that's a starting point. He gets over there. He gets his foot in the door. Other players who are approached by MLS clubs, he can be someone that tells them, yeah, this was a great decision. I enjoyed my time in Montreal. Or this league is becoming so much better. I think MLS is doing fine on its own, and it doesn't need Liga MX to do that. That being said, the obvious reason, like you've mentioned a bunch of times, Connor, money. Money is the biggest reason for any of this. The you know Liga MX is the most watched soccer league in the states, if I'm not mistaken. They get even more ratings than Premier League, and MLS is pretty far behind both of those leagues. So clearly, MLS wants to tap into that fan base by merging leagues. Liga MX wants to be more in the public because right now MLS is more of a public league than Liga MX. Again, when you think about big stars versus like coming over to play in either MLS or Liga MX and how much they talk about these leagues, you only see the really big famous world players talking about MLS or coming over to MLS. And Liga MX will get that exposure by joining forces. MLS will get the Liga MX fan base that resides in North America and the United States and Canada. So that's obviously the biggest factor. They both have something that the other league wants. But I think from the standpoint of becoming one of the top leagues in the world, I truly believe that MLS is doing fine on its own in most ways. I think some ways they're still being held back, but that's conversation for a different time. So I I don't think that merging leagues is necessarily the answer it could be an answer it could it could create this this top-notch league that is constantly one of the best in the world but i just don't think mls necessarily needs that to happen i don't think they need to combine to become one of the best leagues in the world i think they're already on track for that so that part of the debate you know personally i don't think it's necessary so i think if your MLS, you want to pull Liga MX with you because, again, even though I said you don't want competition, you do need a little competition. You do need somebody there who's pushing you a little bit. And if MLS is able to bring Liga MX with it and make Liga MX one of those world-class spots where it could potentially be a landing spot to eventually come to MLS, I don't see why you could do that. I think we should sort of wrap up relatively soon because we've been going for like 50 minutes, even though it's not felt like that uh and i want to get drew i want to get your final thoughts because you've sort of been a little quiet as josh and i have really been going at it uh a little bit so i want to get your sort of final ideas as somebody who i think is a little bit more in the middle between the two of us and maybe sees it a little bit more from both sides although i think you're definitely leaning on josh's side i'm interested to see what you actually have to say before we get out of here and uh yeah, just get out of here. Yeah, I really like how 
I think both, all three of us can agree that MLS is doing really well on its own, and I don't really see a need to merge this. I mean, like when Josh talks about players coming to MLS um, and whether they come here to retire or whether they're here to eventually go to Europe. I mean, you have Miguel Amiron's of the world, uh, Tyler Adams, and it just looks like that's continuing uh, with Pity Martinez, Barco, um, Diego Rossi, and Carlos Vela. These pretty fun guys to watch that potentially could leave MLS and get to Europe. I think between that and then having, like Josh mentioned, Thierry Henry, having these really incredible managers and Tata Martino, guys, when you have a combination of world-class managers, um, old, retired, world-class European players like the Wayne Rooney's of the world coming in, those two mixing with young talent being exported to Europe makes MLS a really exciting league. And that's part of the reason why I don't want to do this merger. I think MLS is doing very well on its own. And like you said, Connor, I think MLS is already up there as far as quality with Liga MX. Um, and maybe the argument could be made that if you merge these two leagues that maybe that's going away but that's a totally different thing that we would have to see if the merge does happen but it's definitely an interesting topic um it's been brought up a lot recently um with 2026 on the horizon uh, world cup coming to mexico u.s and canada um hopefully our cities get a world cup game i've never been to a world cup game so that would be a pretty big bucket list item but thank you guys for listening like connor said we are approaching an hour um so yeah Give us your takes. Should the leagues emerge? Should they not? Let us know. You can find us on social media. You can find Connor at CWG Somerville, uh, Josh at Josh underscore Boland, myself at, uh, at underscore Drew Hubbard, and MLS Multiplex at MLS Multiplex. And like always, please visit the website, MLSMultiplex.com. Uh, a lot of really good stories, really good articles coming out in this pretty crazy time. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for coming on talking, guys. Hopefully this episode kind of fills the void that we're all in right now. We miss soccer, and yeah. And yeah, so thank you all for listening. We will see you next week with another episode. But until then, goodbye. Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com.